1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker upper, or you shop in-store. Your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
2: Hey everybody and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine alongside, uh, it says here, Cody Rhodes, Torn Peck. Way to dig it in. My favorite wrestler at the moment. Ask me tomorrow, I'll probably have a different answer. Um, No, it's Ryan Frederick, as usual. Just uh, digging it in as uh, anybody that... uh, is a wrestling fan or you know and saw the uh gross picture and if you didn't just google cody Rhodes torn pack and you'll see what we're talking about but uh
3: ryan uh how you doing oh yeah i'm doing good <laughs> i'm doing good just kind of just just been you know being lazy lazy day working on yeah. working on the observer watching some poker and just you know Recuperate rehabbing my dog and my dog my poor dog tore his tore his ACL so he's kind of having a little he's he's not showing oh, any no. pain yeah. but he's ha- he's having some you know having to medicate him and get get him all of his medicine and make sure that he's not is this up and running around like he always wants to and he still wants to be be the dog is tough as hell so he's is dead. his name Cody no
2: oh okay. Cause it sounds like you're talking about Cody. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if anybody, uh, didn't, uh, couldn't tell last week i I don't think i said it on the show i I definitely think i said it on the dynamite show but i had covid caught it in in vegas double or nothing so uh i and probably monday when we oh no because we recorded tuesday yeah monday was probably the worst of it i was starting to feel better by tuesday um and uh i'm I'm pretty much 100 percent now and tested negative and back at work and everything so it's all good it was a very minor cold. I mean, I've had a lot worse colds in my life. So um, the only thing was the my voice. It took uh, maybe like four or five days to get back, which was unusual. You know, I don't usually have that from a cold. But um, so yeah, we had a, we had a UFC show this past weekend. We got a pay per view coming up this coming weekend. Real big show two title fights, uh, rematch of uh, Match of the Year from two years ago. Um, and we'll talk about all that. But before we do, uh, we got to talk about, and we were kind of struggling a bit here. There's not a ton to go on here, but uh, I think we decided, you know what? Uh, some people have mentioned this. I think there was even a post in the Fight Game Media Facebook group about it. So let's talk about one championship we haven't talked about them in a while and uh, they announced that they are going to have an event on amazon prime august 26th so about two and a half months away um and it'll be in the united states and it's friday night and uh there it's going to be on amazon prime so ryan um i guess two questions and i don't know if you know the answer to either one um well, I guess maybe the first one you would know. It uh unlike most of their shows, because this is in the United States, I assume this will be live on
3: Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's supposed to be be live and in prime time. Uh you know, it's in uh okay. it's in Singapore, same place that uh UFC is this weekend. So I guess oh. I guess if they're running live, they'll probably be running at a similar time, which would mean mean fights early, early in the morning over there over there so that's hmm. just this is what i'm seeing that's okay so
2: i okay yeah i'm reading that now and i see that so that is um that's interesting so the the one thing that i'll say about one and i've watched a few of their shows in the past I haven't in a few years but they generally have like a pretty full and rowdy crowd now whether or not people are actually paying to go to those shows is I mean, I think we can pretty much say for the most part they're not. Um, they're kind of giving away tickets, but they get, you know, like it feels like it looks like about 10,000 people to some of these shows. So, I mean, to get them on prime time in the United States in front of a big crowd like that would, would actually look pretty good, I think, if anybody actually watches it. Now that now the other key is, will anybody actually watch? And I think we both know the answer to that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that. Maybe, maybe twenty thousand people might watch if you're lucky. Maybe, I don't yeah. know. Friday night. Friday night is long been proven to be a bad night for MMA. Uh, it's it's still two months. It's still two months away. You know, still over. Over two and a half months away, yeah. so so who knows what it'll be like for promotion. But Amazon Prime has a lot of stuff on there, on there, and it, yeah, uh, it's also coming at a time when college football is about to kick back into action on Friday nights. Friday nights always right. has a pretty high profile college college football. I think that's game. opening weekend. I think yeah, it's it's opening a, weekend. yeah. I think it's opening weekend for college football. Football they usually start, and and August. we'll have
2: NFL exhibition games as well. Yeah, that'll you know. I mean, they don't do huge numbers, but yeah. you know they'll but, do you know a yeah. million, two million viewers depending on who it is.
3: Well, the main thing is like I don't know how much attention it's going to get because it's one championship. No. I mean, I mean the, they'll claim that they're they're reaching they're reaching ten billion people, but we know the truth about you know all their all their. Numbers and statistics that they throw out, you—they're all bullshit. Don't ever pay any attention to yeah. attention to them. And and the fact of the matter is, they also just—they're not the UFC. And people, I mean, I say this all the time. People don't care about MMA as a whole. They care about UFC. And you know, some people will—you know—a very small minor fraction will watch everything. Everything. I probably won't even watch it the way, you know, it'll probably be Friday night at nine or 10 o'clock. So, so that's usually a bad time for me. So i probably won't even watch it live. Even though the main event's interesting. It's Adriano Moraes against Demetrius Johnson, but that's that's, it's not a fight that's going to draw, draw a whole lot of people. And then, you know, we just got to see. We
2: have, uh, I haven't seen the card. Do you know if, um, either of the Lee siblings uh, are on the show? They've only announced. They've only,
3: they've only announced the one fight. So.
2: Okay. Okay. I
3: think they got to get
2: Christian Lee and or um, his his sister on the show. Um because Angela. Angela Lee. Because uh yeah, because they're um I mean they're charismatic as hell and they speak English really well and um I think they'd be you know could be the face of the company in North America if you know, as as much as that's gonna be for a minor league company. But um I'm interested. I again, you know, it'll be you know, there's a lot of keys. I do have Amazon Prime, so I can watch it, unlike, you know, some some companies. Um and we'll just see if, you know, if it's a priority for me. Um, yeah, like you said, there's a lot going on on, uh, you know, late August you know, it's also summertime, you know, people don't really want to be sitting at home watching, uh, you know, they'd rather be out barbecuing as, uh, as we talked about this week, um, getting our playlist ready for the cookouts and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, uh, interesting that, I mean, but that, I mean, that tells you, you know, there wasn't a huge, a ton of interesting outside of the cage stuff on, um, on uh, going on this week. Um, we did, uh, you did mention last week, Bo Nickel, um, in the um, fighting for icon, and he got a 33 second knockout. So, um, they, I mean, that's uh, couldn't have done any better, obviously. Uh, and three time NCAA Division champion.
3: Uh, what weight class is he? I uh, think he was fighting at 185. Can't quite okay. remember. Okay, the Top of my head. Yeah, but wow,
2: 33 seconds, yeah. And you said the race to sign him would be interesting. I mean, obviously. I think, you know, being that he's on fight pass, UFC would seem to have the inner track, but Bellator has been known to sign people at this stage of their career and, you know, put them, you know, in, you know, fights, you know, on TV, like real quick, whereas UFC would probably wait until he's got five, six fights under his belt, I would think. Yeah, he's you know, he have... 185, yeah.
3: Yeah, I think his manager...
2: 185, okay. Uh,
3: I, I'm trying to think. If his manager is Malky, which I think it might be, Nakikawa yeah, he he he's going to UFC, UFC. They'll get him like three or four fights, fights probably with Jorge's. Jorge's promotion. Yeah. And then put him on a contender series, especially if he goes 3-0, 4-0, put him on a contender series maybe. And they they'll they'll sign guys to,
2: you know, kind of for lack of a better term, developmental deals, right? Yeah. Like they did that with Greg Hardy. They've done it with a few others. I remember a Russian Olympian that they did it with. I can't remember who it was, but I remember that being a kind of a big deal when it happened. I don't know whatever happened to the guy, but Probably one of these guys we see every week now. For all I know.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, um. Yeah, his man, his manager is Malky. Yeah, yeah. The, okay. He'll he'll end up so UFC. He'll, he'll end up UFC. Did you Did you see the fight? Uh. Yeah, I saw. I saw. It, it was just a. It was a destruction. Just absolute is he uh does he have some charisma at all or oh yeah you saw or you didn't really oh, get oh, a sense oh he yeah. does oh good yeah i i've seen him i've seen him since back in the college days uh yeah if you if his full personality comes out he could be a really big heel put it that way oh awesome he can get people awesome he can get people against him awesome yeah i i'll I'll, uh, I'll
2: definitely keep because it because he could i, I he completely can, forgot him, on he, him
3: he can he can do that whole pretty boy i'm better i'm a better the best wrestler in the world kind of kind of thing and nobody can beat beat me with my wrestling kind of thing he could be he could be a you know he could come
2: kind of like with, uh luke rockhold ish
3: yeah yeah maybe yeah,
2: yeah. maybe like okay that. cool maybe maybe I'll hate him uh, but I'll keep an eye on him anyways um so yeah uh we had that and then we also had the UFC this past weekend uh, and uh, did, it you watch was,
3: did you watch Ultimate Fighter
2: I did not I watched the week before I did not watch last week cuz I wasn't home and I forgot to set my PVR yeah. so well,
3: what what happened with that one uh, the uh, Bobby Maximus this is the Bobby Maximus fight he got a he got finished by Eduardo Perez in the first round uh, kind of just a dominant performance from Perez perez I mean Perez is 266 and max you know yeah. and on the way it's probably he was the number one pick too yeah right? probably way yeah probably way more inside the cage and max was 43 years old and 237 it's just you know he got you know Perez was on top and finished finished him you know with with elbows so uh, elbows and punches just absolute mauling so, that's too bad yeah that's too bad, um, yeah. And I
2: mean, Perez is a real dude. Um, he's four and one fought in combate, uh, you know, a couple times, and uh, he's got three knockouts on his record already. So, uh, yeah, he'll be probably. I guess it'll be him and
3: Usman, probably, and we'll be looking for the finals. Yeah. And uh, uh, thing, although I guess they got one more fight to get there. Yeah. Another thing, Chandler Cole was uh, had an elbow injury. He tore his he tore his UCL, but. Uh, But they were. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's kind of a thing to look out for. Look out for coming up. For this week, yeah. Coming up uh, this upcoming week is going to be women fighting. uh, Okay, we the matchup. Uh, It's Juliana Miller and Claire Guthrie. Okay,
2: Claire Guthrie I've seen before. I haven't seen Miller. Um, I'll I'll definitely watch that one. Like I said, I. uh, we i guess i could have watched it in the hotel room i didn't even think of it um the uh, i normally just set my pvr and i i just forgot to because i thought it was going to be home and uh but yeah i did i did see the week before uh the one we talked about where with the replacement fighters and i thought um that um that one girl the, the one that lost Papraki, it looked like you're trying to make her like another roxanne modifiery but uh didn't quite work out because she's not very good um and uh she she was like crying at the end and stuff and it's i I kind of felt bad for her but um the other one uh juliana's team uh you know she's she's not coming off as negatively as i kind of expected she would on this show so i don't know if maybe there'll be more to come but we'll see we'll see to handle it yeah we'll see the show's only halfway over (laughs) Yeah, if her team starts losing, that's when I expect she'll get. Yeah, she'll get to be I mean, a little. Nunez
3: yeah. is up. Nunez is up three two so far, so maybe it's coming.
2: Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, if the yeah, it ever gets to you know, or where she has to have two of her fighters fight each other, she'll she'll get you know kind of upset about that. Um, so we also had the UFC on, uh, ESPN plus, they had an afternoon show. It was, uh, it was a pretty easy show to watch. Um, a lot of finishes, um, you know, the, the main event, which we kind of thought might be, um might you know could end up being a long plotting fight ended up being a quick finish and I kind of knew it was going to be a quick finish because I was watching uh, on delay and when we got to the main event I saw there was only like 12 minutes of time left on the show so I kind of figured we were in for a quick one and I was kind of expecting you know if it was going to be a quick finish that it would be uh winning but no Volkov uh, Volkov uh just destroyed him Um I Rosenstruck's pretty much done now I mean Volkov doesn't really finish anybody like that and and he kind of really took apart Rosenstruck pretty easily I think Rosenstruck got one or two shots in but uh Volkov was just he looked real good um I don't know that Volkov's ever going to be you know a title contender I mean I guess he's kind of a contender now but I don't know if he's ever going to fight for the title if he does he's probably gonna need like five or six wins to do it but
3: um you know he couldn't look better here Yeah, I mean, uh, I know a lot of people at first were complaining about the Herb herb Dean stoppage, thinking it was a little early, early, but when you kind of... You know, I looked at the at uh, you know, when I saw it, like, live, I go, like, well, did he stop it early? Early, but then when you realize that the only reason Rosenstruck didn't stumble to the ground was because Herb was pulling Volkov off of him. Off of him? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it was kind of – yeah, it was justified. And Rosenstruck, I mean, he just – he didn't do much. He landed, like, one or two hard shots on Volkov, but Volkov's very tough to finish. And, man, Rosenstruck, if he can't knock you out quick, he kind of just – kind of goes into, like, la-la land kind of all, all, all of a sort. Like, he has no he, well, he has no idea what to do, what to do. And Volkov, Volkov is, he's a veteran. He's been in this sport for, forever, and he, you know, Rosenstruck can be tagged. Uh, I mean, we've seen that. He can yeah. be ta- tagged and finished, and Volkov tagged him and finished him. And impressive win for Volkov. It's kind of hard to figure out what to do with him because he loses to, you know, he's number seven in the division, but he's, lost to pretty much everybody ranked above him so it's kind of hard but he stays like on that fringe of being a title contender and especially as some other guys start losing you know you know somebody's gonna lose. Lose between Aspinall and, and Blaze. Somebody's gonna lose. Lose between Tuivasa and God. Somebody's gonna lose between Derek Lewis and Sergey Pavlovich. So you know, as some of these guys lose, lose, it makes him look better getting back into the into the picture. Or so, but he's gotta he's gotta fight a top guy and win. That's the only way he's going to actually yeah. get the title. He's
2: fight. probably going to have to. He's probably going to have to fight one of those guys again and and get <laughs> yeah. the win back yeah, I mean, yeah, in order he's, to to he's, move up.
3: He's fought a lot. I was thinking that kind of like a perfect fight would be if uh, uh, would be the winner against the, of the Lewis Pavlovich fight, especially if Lewis wins because it's mm-hmm. been a few years since those two fought fought, So it's kind of like you know if you're going to do a rematch at heavyweight, you know now
2: and and he, and he was sense. I mean he he beat Lewis for, you know, like the first, you know, 14 and a half minutes of that fight. Yeah. (laughs) Until Until, Derek Lewis finished him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I think Volkov is like, he's kind of kind of reminds me of um not necessarily the fighting style but just the the position he's in kind of like um Alistair Overeem was for years yeah you know where he was just kind of always there but you know he like you said he couldn't beat the guys ahead of him and he was beating a lot of guys below him so killing a lot of contenders it's a good thing he didn't beat Aspinall um you know uh and uh you know, so yeah, he'll be there, and and I guess yeah, if he can get one of these wins back, and then maybe get a few more wins in a row, you know, you can always put him in like a number one contenders match, and then you know anything can happen, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised um, with you know get the quick finish because I really didn't. I watched the show late, and I didn't. Re- I really didn't want to see twenty five minutes of this, um, so I was glad it was only like two minutes and twelve seconds. Um, the co main uh, was. I thought it was a really good fight. Um, you know, Evloev, or I, don't know, I can't remember. They, Ev, they said they game a little bit. E, e, Evloev. or something. Evloev. Yeah, Evloev. Yeah, Evloev. Movsar Evloev. Um, he, what he's nasty over uh, Dan Ige. Um, I think there was a 30 26 in there. You honestly probably could have done 30 26 in a couple of these rounds, but um, I, you know, and, and even a 30 25 wouldn't have been out of. Question: I mean, Ige was not terribly competitive, uh, but he hung in there, um, took a beating. Uh, Evloev just kept taking him down at will. Uh, It took you know a few minutes in the first round before he was finally able to just kind of start taking him down. But once he did, I mean, it was that's all he did. He just kibebed him to death and uh, look couldn't look better. Um, Poor Ige, like he's you know he's like you know I guess he's gonna fall into the top ten now. Uh Eveev is uh they said he's gonna be number ten and he's looking to fight somebody ahead of him. And it's funny when they showed the rankings, the name that just popped out at me was Brendan Allen and that's who he called out. So Arnold Allen. Uh, I don't know if that or Arnold Allen. I'm sorry. What did I say? Brendan Allen. Oh, yeah, because he's fighting this week. Yeah, I just did some research on him. Um, yeah, uh, Arnold Allen, and uh, he claims that he's been calling Arnold Allen out for a while, and Allen doesn't want to fight him. He called him out for the London show, which isn't going to happen. But uh, it was a good call out. I just don't know we're going to see
3: the fight. Yeah, featherweight's still kind of a mess. Uh, good win for Ivaloyev, Still still searching for his first UFC finish. Uh, Ige did tag him with some good shots, but he proved that he could, (laughs) he could find, he could withstand them. And then, you know, the third round, third round was just an absolute domination with five takedowns and all, you know, four and a half minutes of control time. So that was, you know, it was a big win for Evloyev as far as what's next for him. uh, Featherweight, there's a lot of people with a lot of good records and, they seem to yeah. be trying to <laughs> avoid each other. Each other. Evloev wants to fight Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen wants to fight the Cre- the Korean Zombie. Korean Zombie. Ilya Tavuria wants to fight Mavzari Ivloev. Ivloev doesn't want to fight him. Bryce Mitchell should probably fight Ivloev, but he only wants to fight Volkanovsky or Holloway. Which <laughs> so <laughs> so it's like these guys just yeah these guys want to fight, but they don't want to fight the guys they probably need to be fighting, fighting to get themselves a title shot if they want to you know Arnold Allen Arnold Allen wants to you know he's on a what eight nine fight win streak and he wants to fight poor zombie who's not a contender and not you know yeah cool you're gonna fight the Korean zombie that's a good name to have on your record but he's shot as a fighter it's not it's no longer yeah to me it's no longer an impressive win if you're beating Korean zombie whereas if you're fighting Mazari vloyev and beating him that's an impressive win right now right now that's far more that's a far much bigger win than the Korean zombie win win is right now so uh yeah these guys need to start fighting each other each other really to yeah, I mean they'd... the one with the right right frame of mind of going after going after these guys it's the only way it's the only way and I know uh, Volkanovsky, you know he's been talking about moving up to to try to become a two division champion if he beats Holloway but even if he does beat Holloway I mean he's got a just a whole list of people potential challengers there so he's far from cleaning out the division
1: nfl sunday ticket is now on youtube and youtube tv which means that it just got easier to be an nfl fan even if you live far away like maybe you like the bears but you're hibernating in panthers territory but with nfl sunday ticket your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away specifically the distance from you to your remote control nfl sunday ticket now on youtube and youtube tv Go to your happy place for a happy prize. Go to your happy prize Priceline.
2: They showed a graphic uh, with like the longest winning streaks in the featherweight division. I think there was like five guys that had like eight fight win streaks or something like that. It was just crazy. Um, and yeah, Mitchell was one of them that uh, he he was the other name that kind of sprung out at me that I didn't think had fought, uh, you know, that they, he had fought at all. And poor Ige, like his fourth loss in five fights, but he's the one guy too, that'll just fight anybody. And unfortunately most of them he can't beat. So he's uh, you know, he, he's, he's kind of going to fall off the contender list at some cr- point.
3: Yeah. The crazy thing. Yeah. It's four, four or five, but all four of those losses are to, Top ten guys, and none of them finished him. So yep. he's, you know, yeah. His, yeah. I don't think his stock has hurt all that much on this. Well, no, it's just it's just such a tough
2: division. I mean, it's he, he seems like the kind of guy that is primed to like you know switch divisions at some point. But the problem is, is one forty five is perfect for him. I think he's too big for one thirty five, and he's gonna just get out out muscled at one fifty five. So he's kind of got to stay where he is. But usually guys in that position, you know, like Frankie Edgar, when he hit that that level, you know, that's when he moved down. Um, and uh, yeah, and then the rest of the show was there. Uh, I mean, you know, a lot of, like I said, it was easy to watch a lot of, a lot of finishes, um, not a lot of big names. Um, we did have that featured prelim that we talked about last week. That was a pretty good fight. Um, Karolina Kovovich and Fleece Herring, but the rest of it was, you know, and it kind of went according to how you would kind of expect it to go. It wasn't really a lot of big upsets or anything, just, you know, people did what they were supposed to do. And, uh, we, we got some, uh, you know, not, not really any, um, controversial decisions or anything we did have a majority decision in the joe Selecki out Silva fight i guess that one i i think i had that a draw um and one of the judges did as well um although you could make a real strong case for like a 28 27 in that fight which i don't i think one judge may have actually given it that score yeah um man, and actually may, maybe that is what i did score yeah so. Yeah. And then there was like a 10, eight round in there as well. Um, if, if you're scoring it properly, but the judges tend to not score it properly. So, uh, but, um,
3: what, why don't you, uh, give us your, uh, three stars for the show? Okay. My, uh, first one is going to be Oday Osborne knocked out Zeruka Adashev uh, in 61 seconds, just absolutely, you know, perfect, perfect night for Osborne. Uh, just, you know, cracked a, cracked a dash of with the overhand, right? A dash of went down and just kept landing until it was over quick finish. Big win for Osborne. Uh, my second star is going to be Alonzo Minifield. Uh, lots of craziness with Asgard. Mazarov coming in this week. Let's just say on Monday, his record was his official record on Sharedog and Tapology, and all that was like twenty-five and eight. And by the time Saturday rolled around, it was nineteen and twelve. So lots of <laughs> lots of shenanigans have gone on with him, and apparently, him and his team have sent letters to Sharedog and Tapology threatening them, you know, about his record because they're finding lots of inconsistencies. You know, some fights that he, <laughs> excuse me, some fights that he, what well, that was reported as wins were actually losses. So, oh my yeah. God. And, but Minifield did the smart thing, took him down, pinned him on the mat, and beat him up. And then they got up, and then Minifield took him down again. And beat him up again, got the crucifix, started landing a lot of punches and elbows until it was stopped in the first round. Masarov called him like a pussy afterwards because he didn't want to <laughs> stand a trade, which if you knew anything about Masarov, even with his record, like... You know, he's a knockout guy. Knockout guy, you don't want to necessarily stay in the trade trade with him. So, Minifield did the smart thing because Mazarov has zero takedown defense. And, yeah, I don't know. If I'm UFC, I'm just washing my hands with Mazarov because they signed him like a year and a half ago and he lost three fights because they couldn't get him a visa for whatever reason. So, excuse me, got a little bit of junk in my throat. And then... uh. My third star, I'm gonna go with somebody I'm hyping big time on this show, Erin Blanchfield. Opening fight uh, of the night, she, uh, JJ Aldrich gave her a tough first round. It was a very, you know, Aldrich arguably definitely won the first round, and Blanchfield was fighting through adversity, but she was able to to uh she's able to kept coming forward in the second round uh uh she landed blanchfield landed a knee to the body and aldrich fell down and uh, blanchfield grabbed the neck standing guillotine choke and aldrich tapped it was a good win for blanchfield
2: all right. Uh, one the, Another thing I liked about that O'Day Osborne fight was his post fight promo. He had a really good promo afterwards. Oh, yeah. That, had the, that was great. Trying to get the fans chant, singing O'Day, 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 O'Day. Kind of hard to do that, that when was, there's that like was,
3: 50 people in there. I
2: know. Yeah. And they were all, uh, I think they were all there for uh, Ige, uh, if I'm not mistaken. There was like, there was one fighter they were all just going nuts for.
3: Probably, uh, probably so. Okay. Ige. Ige's a Vegas guy. So.
2: Yeah my uh my three stars first one is going to be benoit saint denis um he looked real good in finishing nicholas stoles uh second round submission minute 32 rear naked choke and again you know he had uh he had a great promo afterwards He, he, he got tagged right at the beginning and he was bleeding and then at that point he just uh just took over with his wrestling and uh, Stoll's had nothing for him. And, uh, he cut a promo afterwards. He wanted on the London card said he'll be ready in six weeks. He, he'd love to fight in France, but he's getting married a week before and doesn't want to get, doesn't want to fight right around that time. So, um, I, uh, I, I thought that was nice that he at least mentioned that. Cause obviously like that would be what everybody would be thinking. Cause he's a guy from France, but unfortunately it's just not going to work out for him to fight on that card. Probably. Um, Karolina Kovalkiewicz, my second star, um, she real good fight with Felice Herring. It was kind of back and forth. And then Karolina Kovalkiewicz kind of took over in the second round and she was just kind of muscling Felice Herring around and throwing her around and another, uh, rear naked choke submission win. Her first ever stoppage win in UFC, you know, long, long UFC career. And this, uh, ended like a five fight losing streak and Felice Herring, um, Hung up the gloves after, uh, I guess she's retiring. Uh, too bad for her, but, uh, you know, nice big win for Carolina. One of the most likable people in in UFC, so good for her. And uh, another uh, submission win uh, for my third, Karine, I think that's how it's pronounced, Silva, over Pollyanna Batella. Uh, she got a Darce choke win with five seconds left in the first round. Uh, she moves up to 15-4, and four, I think, was that? That was her UFC debut, but she had a submission on the Contender Series as well. So uh, she's looked real good, and uh, she's somebody I think you got to keep an eye on at flyweight. And there was a lot of people we could have um, we could have gone with here. And uh, actually, one of the the fight of the night we didn't even mention was uh, Trezano and Almeida. Now that, that was a that was a banger, and uh, they got fifty k. But uh, why don't you take us through the rest of the
3: card? All right, uh, started off with uh, Aaron Blanchfield, second round submission, guillotine, standing guillotine choke, finish of JJ Aldrich. Uh, next fight was a welterweight fight, Renat Fokretinov, uh he uh, won a unanimous decision over Andreas Mikalidis, 30-26, 30-26, 30-27. Fogartinov uh, just dominated with the wrestling. Mikalidis in the first round probably grabbed the fence about ten or twelve times and probably oh got God. about five or six warnings, but never had a point taken away. I mean, what's the point of constantly, re- you know, repeatedly warning a guy if you're not going to take away take away a point? It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. They did. They did take away a point later in the show. Yeah, right? yeah. I'll on, get, I'll get on to a this. similar thing. Yeah, I'll yeah. get to that in a, yeah. in a moment. Uh but Fakratinov, uh 21 and 2 now. He's got like 18 straight wins, something like that. Something like that. It was his UFC debut, so he's a he's a guy to keep a lookout for. Uh, next we had a flyweight fight, split decision. Uh Jeff Molina won over Zagas Zumagulov. Uh scorecards uh oh, 2928 <laughs> for yeah. Zumagulov and then Molina had a 29-28 and a thirty-twenty seven. Uh the thirty-twenty seven scorecard is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, on this one, 92% of the media gave, had the fight score for Zuma Gulov, which normally would be robbery, but I don't think I don't think this was a robbery. It was, no. It's a close fight that could have gone either, either way. I personally had it for Zuma Gulov. I thought he won the fight. Uh, round one... W- you know, I rewatched rewatched around th- this fight just as I was doing doing my uh, observer recap just to try to figure out you know how the thirty twenty seven came up, how that was even possible. Uh, first round was eh. It was kind of close, but it was very kind of more clear Zuma Gulaz round. The second round was really close because cause Molina was defending takedown attempts with a lot of short punches, punches. and if you look at the you know stats aren't everything, but if you look at the total strikes, it was like 60 to 20 for Molina. He was doing a lot of offense, offense to keep the fight on the feet, and the third round was definitely a Molina round, so... So but it really came down to how that second round was scored. I thought Zuma could love but you know, not a robbery, but that thirty twenty-seven scorecard was bad. So uh when when they uh, when they
2: read the scores and they, he did thirty twenty seven, and he just said thirty twenty seven. And Molina just threw his hand down and walked yeah. off like I can't believe I lost. And then, yeah, then they he, said his he, name, and he's like, "Really? Wow!"
3: Even <laughs> Molina thought that the, 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 that that was bullshit. So, so but uh, yeah, that was hilarious. Like I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, that so, was awesome. So uh, then we had a White fight. Tony Gravely knocked out Johnny Munoz in a minute and eight seconds. Uh, he just landed a big uppercut as Munoz was shooting for a takedown and. Munoz went out, out cold, and just a very brutal finish. Brutal finish. And we had the lightweight fight: uh, Benoit Saint Denis, uh, second round submission over Nicholas Stolze. Uh, yeah, just his Saint Denis was able to use his wrestling and got Stolze down a few times, and then almost finished him with the rear naked choke at the end of the first. But then got the rear naked choke in the second and finished it because there was plenty of time left. It was like a minute 32 into the second round for yeah. the finish. Then you had featherweight fight, Damon Jackson, unanimous decision over Daniel Ar- Argueta, 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. I had a 30-27 Jackson. Uh, you know, the only really close round, in my opinion, was the third. Uh, but Jackson, it was just his his wrestling and his a his, uh, top control. Just he had the back for a whole lot, whole lot of time in the first to second, and that was really the difference. Then you had the lightweight fight, Joe Silecki, uh, majority of the decision over Alex Da Silva, 28 28 28 27 29 27 uh, there was a point deduction in the second round on DeSilva. silva he got warned numerous times for putting his hands in the glove of Selecki and also for his toes being wrapped around the cage Cage, and it was just going on for too long, so he had a point taken away, and the second round was a completely dominant <laughs> round from Sulecki. Uh He just had the back on the ground the entire time, and and you could argue that it was a 10-8 round, and one of the judges gave a 10-8, and then when you take away the point, then, there, then that makes it 10-7, 10-7. 10-7, so that's how the 28-27 scorecard came, because that judge gave uh, De Silva the, the first and the third, actually. So, you know, it was kind of a back-and-forth fight. I thought – I thought so I had a 29-27 Selecki. I thought he won the first round. De Silva dropped him right away, but then Selecki, you know, almost finished him with a guillotine choke, and I thought Selecki had a had a good comeback to win the first, but De Silva definitely won the third. Close fight. Good fight. Then you had the women's strawweight fight. Karolina Kovalkevich uh, submitted in Felice to, uh, you know, in the second round to end her five-fight losing Hit and also send Fleece Harrig into retirement. Kinda of not a surprise there. Herrig was talking about during the week about how she lost. It was probably the end for her and yeah. But uh it was her best performance in in forever, in years. So uh you know, really nice to see her get back on track. That closed out the prelims. Then on main card, you had Alonzo uh, Minifield finishing Askar Mozarov four minutes of forty seconds TKO from the top with punches and elbows just dominant showing from midfield it, kind of funny if you watch he was pissed off about something and i think it was a lot of stuff that ma is more so maserov just constantly running his mouth mouth and you know like i said what surprised me is they just cut bait with maserov uh, then you had Flyway fight oday osborne Knocking out. the Ruka Ad in a minute one? I talked about that. Uh, then you had Kareem Silva. Darts choke submission in the first round over Pauliano Patello. That was a good little back and forth fight for a little bit there, but but Silva was able to find the Darst choke on the ground and you know, got Patello to tap. Uh, then you had featherweight fight. Lucas Almeida finished Michael Trezano uh, 55 seconds in the third round. Best fight on the card. Really good fight. Uh, just back and forth, their attack excuse me they tagged each other each other it was one round a piece going into th- going into the third so the third was going to decide it but almeida dropped truzano early with the left hand and got on top and was laying in big strikes to do it was stopped then you had Mazar loya unanimous decision over danny gay that we talked about and then the main event uh, volkov finishing rosen in two minutes and 12 seconds
2: Yeah, the um, I just wanted to say one thing about that Selecki Alex de Silva fight. I thought uh, I think the ref was Chris Tione. He did a really good job. You know, just kept warning de Silva, and then like Selecki had dominant position, so he actually deducted the point without taking away the position, which I, I don't recall ever seeing that before. And uh, I thought that was absolutely the right call because, you you know, if you took away, if you took away the position that could completely change that round because the Silva, you know, arguably won the other two rounds. So, you know, and, and certainly one third, third. Um, it's funny but at the end he was like acting like he won and I don't think he understood that there's like zero possibility he could have won this fight um, based on the second round like the best he could hope for was a draw um, because he, you know, he clearly lost that round and had the point deduction. So at the best, it was going to be a 10, eight, which means he, he lot he drew, uh, assuming he didn't lose the other, one of the other two rounds, which he did. So, um, I don't know if that was just him not understanding. And again, you know, we can go back to open scoring, you know, then he would know that he needed to finish and maybe he would have, uh, been a little more aggressive in the, uh, in the third round, but it is what it is. We're not getting open scoring. um, and uh, my, uh, my ROI picks from last week, they went 2-1, actually a small loss just because of uh, the, the odds, but it, it was pretty good. Um, if uh, Trezano had won, then it would have been a huge profit and went into the third round where he was winning, so or where he had a chance of winning. So that, that, I felt pretty good about that. Um, and, uh, then we got, uh, this, this upcoming week, we have UFC 275 from Singapore. Um, and, uh, we've also actually got, uh, some, um, uh, what, what do they call it? Road to UFC events that are happening in Singapore leading up to the show. Just kind of a mini, um almost like an ultimate fighter type tournament they did this in japan one uh once or maybe even twice um and uh they'll they'll be awarding a couple contracts on that if you want to check those out they'll be airing like super early in the morning
3: actually late at night even yeah, <laughs> uh, Wednesday and Thursday, they won't be awarding any contracts this week. Uh, this is the oh, first. okay. This is the first, uh, they're doing tournaments. Uh, for those who don't know, they're doing tournaments, uh, in flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight, and lightweight, featuring you know, Asian based fighters, fighters from you know, okay, y- you know, China, India, Indonesia, Japan, Korea, Philippines, Thailand. Excuse me, real quick. <laughs> and uh there's the, between those 16 fights there's going to be four four shows so that's 20 fights total then they they have those 16 fights and then a few a few other fights that aren't are non-tournament and this is the first round and then they'll will be going on going on later in the year to have the have the semifinals and the finals
2: Oh, okay. Okay. So they, and they won't necessarily be in conjunction with UFC events then, obviously, because yeah. I don't think they're going back later yeah. this year. No, they said, yeah. As far as we know.
3: Location and venue to be announced. I'm sure, I'm sure they might okay. put, who knows, they could do a couple of the, like two of the finals on like Abu Dhabi on, maybe. Like, yeah. Abu Dhabi or like on a prelim, bring them in, bring them to the States or who knows what they have planned later, later in the year. You know, as far as shows are going, so so I could see the right. I could see the finals actually being on UFC shows, like they did did the first time with the uh, Road to Road to UFC Japan. So oh. yeah, um, and and
2: then of course uh, that'll all lead up to uh, the uh, Singapore oh. show. And <laughs> the funny thing is, when I was looking at this card. I was, uh, you know, I kind of play that game about, oh, where, you know, like, oh, these shows are, oh, if this was the, not the pandemic era anymore, this would be a show that would be in this part of the world or whatever. And I'm looking at this card and I'm like, okay, there's a lot of Australian fighters. There's a lot of Southeast Asia fighters. So I'm thinking, oh, this will take place somewhere in Southeast Asia or, or Australia, and then it dawned on me, this is taking place in Southeast Asia. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't even didn't even occur to me as I was looking at all these fights that, that this this show is actually happening in Singapore. I don't know why. It just kinda of snuck yeah, it's up like, on yeah, me. I was like,
3: Yeah, you knew you knew this once ago. What was...
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I just didn't didn't place together that it was happening this time. But yeah, we got two title fights. Uh, UFC Light Heavyweight Championship, Glover Teixeira defending against Yuri Pachaska. He's a guy that you have been hyping since before he even started in UFC and calling a future champion. So this is, uh, I think, most people uh, thinking that he's probably going to win the belt here. But Teixeira looked real good in winning the title um is a uh, you know pretty good favorite minus 200 um but you know to can finish anybody on the ground so if he gets him to the ground uh you know it could be tough for for yuri um, and then we've got the uh, flyweight title. Uh, Talia Santos is the next victim for Valentina Shevchenko. I don't even care what the odds are. It doesn't matter. Um, she is, Shevchenko going to retain. There's almost no chance that Talia Santos is going to win. But the uh, to me, the second biggest fight on the card is the um, strawweight fight. Li Zhang and Joanna Yanjechuk rematch of their... Uh, their huge fight from uh, 2 years ago just before the pandemic that was either the first or second best fight of the year depending on your whether or not you you're squeamish at people growing second foreheads um i uh yeah i'm, I'm really looking forward to this one and the the undercard is you know it's not you know it's not super great but it's it's not bad uh you know fair, few few names on there not a lot of uh southeast asian fighters obviously like i mentioned earlier
3: but uh yeah what what do you think well, you kind of know how I feel about the main event. Um, I love the story of Glover Teixeira, forty-two years old, winning the title at forty-two years old. Just the incredible comeback. I, I said it. I said it when him, You know, when he won the title. If you're looking at at you know fighters that you could make a movie out of, out of Glover Teixeira is one of those at the top of the list. List, but. Uh, you know, I've been hyping Yuri Prochaska for two years on this show, on this show, and yeah, he's only two. He's only had two UFC fights. Teixeira's had tons. Teixeira has that veteran experience, but Prochaska, his just his striking is unreal, and we don't know that we don't know that Teixeira can uh, take any more on the feet. Yeah, Teixeira trains with Alex Pereira, who's going to give him all sorts of. Looks on the feed about, you know, about craziness, but, you know, is Glover ready to eat a spinning elbow that's going to come out of nowhere? Come out of nowhere. Last time, I mean, also, it's been a year since we've seen Prochaska, you know, been 13 months, but he left a statement in his last one that that knockout of Dominic Reyes is is just still fresh in the mind, you know, the spinning elbow, just ridiculous. I think Prochaska is going to win the title. Uh, If he were to lose, I won't. Say I, I'm hugely surprised, surprised because I mean to share is tough. Mm-hmm. He's got the veteran experience and the big stage. This is the first time I'm on the real big stage for Prochaska but uh, he's just so talented that I think he's going to get get the job done. And we're going to be saying and new at the end of the night
2: yeah i i totally agree um and and i think the odds are good enough that i'll even put some money on it um i haven't uh i mentioned you off air i haven't said it on the show yet i didn't finish my roi stuff uh, i'll probably still try to do a youtube show later this week where i'll go over everything but just looking at the um the numbers i think prashaka is pretty good value at uh at minus 200 yeah um yeah you know
3: now uh as far as the co-main event uh I I do think this is actually Shevchenko's toughest fight in quite some time. Quite some time. I not not to say that I think Santos is going to win, but Santos is nineteen and one. So, I mean, she's a legit contender, and uh, I think she's going to give Shevchenko a tough fight. But Valentina, until somebody beats her at flyweight, I, you know, it's tough to pick against her. Against her, and I think it's going to be another win for her. And then on the uh, Lee and Joanna fight, yeah, it's going to be hard to match the magic of that first fight. But I really think this is a far more pivotal fight for Joanna. I think she gets a title shot if she wins. And, uh, you know, I can't say the same thing about Wei Li. She might, she might not. But Joanna, like if she wins, avenges the loss loss, uh, you know, she's coming in. She seems like she's in good spirits. Now she hasn't fought since that first fight fight, but she's got a new contract. She's not worried about money, money, and she seems focused. And if she wins this, I mean, I mean, she's, this is her path to getting that title Mm -hmm. back is winning this fight.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and especially with um, you know, Carla sparza being the champion and her holding that dominant win over Esparza, uh, you know, it was years ago now. But um she'd certainly, like with a win here, uh probably be the first person you would you would want to put against Esparza, I would think. Um the um the, going back to Santos for a second, um, I don't know, like I you know, the reason I'm saying like I don't see any chance. I mean I'm just looking at you know, the people she's beat. Yeah. She submitted Joanne Wood, but she, the three fights before that all went to a decision against Roxanne Mottafari, Jillian Robertson and Molly meatball. Like these aren't exactly world beaters and she's going the distance with them. Now, Valentina sometimes plays down to her opponents, Um, but I, you know, I don't know. I mean, if she decides she wants to do a 25 minute sparring match, I suppose it could go the distance. And we've seen that before against Jennifer Maya, Liz Carmouche, you know, Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not touching this fight. Like in terms of betting, like I just, I don't see any value on either side. Actually, Shevchenko only a minus 630 favorite. So you may even want to throw some, put her on a parlay or something. If, you know, if you're pretty confident, she's going to win. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, um, but the Li Zhang, you know, you want fight. I just, uh, I'm just going to watch that and enjoy it. Um, a little bit of value in Joanna, I think, um, as, as a, I think she's the underdog. Uh yeah, she is the underdog and and she has won some fights as an underdog in the past. So but uh and then I I noticed too you've got uh one of the guys you've been super high on. He's got a real big fight at flyweight, uh Manel Cop. Uh, is it Cop? Did I pronounce that right? Yes. Is that how they're pronouncing it this week? Okay. Against Rogerio Bontorin. Uh, big flyweight fight. You know, a couple guys are hovering around uh number ten and whoever wins is gonna uh gonna move up.
3: Yep. <laughs> yep, that's one of my three, three fights to watch outside of the. Okay, yeah. Uh, three well, fights. let's do let's do your three let's do your three fights then. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that'll be one. <laughs> that was one. That was one of them. Manel cop against Rosario bon- Uh Cop, He's uh, fighting on the show. He's supposed to fight in Vegas a couple months ago, but there might have been some picogram type issues with him. With him, the fact there was there was, you know, I don't know exactly. I I'm not. I haven't read the whole story, but I know there was a drug test issue issue with him. But but he's cleared by USADA. So and Monterin has is like winless in his last four. So it's a big fight for Monterin and Cop. I think you know. I think he's he could be a future flyweight champion, but he needs to start racking up racking up wins. He's only. I, mean, I think he's only two and two in the UFC, but he could easily be four and o, oh, four and o. Oh. Those first two, those first two losses were very close, but uh, yeah, he beat Osborne and Sumagulov. So yeah, big fight for him. Uh, my second fight to watch is uh, the uh, ESPN two prelim opener welterweight fight Andre Fialo against Jake Matthews. Fialo, I, you know, he's already going to be fighting, I think, for the fourth time this year. This year already, so third or fourth time, you know, a guy who wants to fight often, often he fought just, yeah, yeah, it's his, yeah, it'll already be his fourth fight to, this year. He fought in April, wanted a quick turnaround, fought in fought in May, then wanted a quick turnaround again. So he's fighting for the third straight month. We'll see how that happens. You know, I tell, I've often said that if you fight too much, you're not giving your body enough enough time to recover, recover and you're not going to be 100%. And uh, Jake Matthews, he's still, he's still a young kid. We've seen – he's still 27. He made his UFC debut when Jeez. he was like 19 or 20. 20. He's been around forever, but we've seen seen you know his entire career ba- basically. He hasn't fought for – hasn't fought in a year years coming off a loss to Sean Brady, but prior to that he had won six six of seven and this is a chance for him to get back and in, in the win column and it's a tough fight for Fiallo, and it's a tough fight for Matthews, so it could kind of go either way. And my third fight, I'm gonna go with the Prelim headliner middleweight fight Brendan Allen against Jacob Malcoon. I kind of, uh, Jacob Malcoon stayed on the card despite Robert Whitaker falling off. Falling off. Uh, this really feels like a mismatch to me because I think Allen is super talented, and he's six and two in the UFC. Malcoon's only six and one in his entire career, so it just. You know, kind of feels like a mismatch, and it's a good fight for Allen to showcase that he is ready to fight some ranked competition at middleweight.
2: All right, and like I mentioned for my uh, my ROI stuff, um, <laughs> I I got through the first eight fights and uh, I didn't get to the last four because uh, I always start at the bottom and, and going through like there's a lot of fights here that I wouldn't touch just because there's like no value on either side but the three that I, I feel confident in saying and and this is a couple of these I haven't actually ran the numbers but just looking at the records but one of them I did run the numbers on and it's actually the one you just talked about Brendan Allen, Jacob Malkoon and I think there's value in Malkoon um, just because you know I, I we've seen Brendan Allen lose some some fights he was favored in um, and uh, you know to um, Chris Curtis uh, he was a big favorite against Chris Curtis and he lost he was kind of even money against Sean Strickland and lost there and and yeah and and even some of his earlier fights like when he's a big big favorite he wins but when he's kind of a medium level favorite which is kind of what he is here he uh he tends to he has lost although he is seven and two as a favorite he has lost a couple times as a favorite so i would uh i, I would throw some money on malcoon because i think you're getting good odds there uh, another one is rogerio Bonterran against manel Cape K- cop and again same thing you know he's a minor underdog here uh plus 190 now now, the one thing again, and I haven't run the numbers on this one, but and one thing I noticed is that Manel Cop has never lost a fight where he is as big a favorite as he is here. And Bonterran has never won a fight where he's been an underdog as big as he is here so again like i'm i'm just kind of preliminary looking at that as the fact that you know like bontaren's won a few fights as an underdog but he's never won a fight where he was this big of an underdog so just a little wary on that and then the third one is going to be yuri pachaska who uh I, I can just look at his record and i can tell that he has uh you know he has some wins as he has a win over as an underdog against Volkanos ozdemir he's got a win as a favorite well he's kind of even money actually against dominic Reyes. So, as a, uh as a as a minus two hundred, I think there is definitely some value there uh, against Glover Teixeira, and and Teixeira has also lost, you know, not recently, but he has lost some fights where he's been a favorite as well. So, and 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 an underdog. So, I yeah, Perchazka, uh Bonteren, and Jacob Malkoon are my three ROI picks, and I think you'll win money if even one of Malkun and and Bontaren wins, you'll be profitable regardless of what Prochazka does. So. That are that is my picks uh, for for some ROI investment. And why don't you take us through the rest of the card?
3: Yeah, damn it, I just exited out of it for some reason. Okay, I got it back. Oh, uh,
2: <laughs> all right. I
3: don't know why I did that. The uh, sh- uh, show starts. Uh, even though it's in Singapore, it's a it's a standard pay per view start time: uh, six thirty Eastern time, five thirty Central time time in the best time zone and then three thirty on the west coast uh first three fights are on espn plus of course everything's on espn plus with the pay-per-view main card but uh first three fights uh starts off with a women's featherweight fight uh it says featherweight fight on here it's a bantamweight fight it's ramona pasquale against jocelyn edwards both of them are coming off losses so it's a must win fight uh then we got Women's strawweight fight, Leong Na against Silvana Gomez-Ores. Winner of this fight will, will, be may, will be winning in the UFC for the first time. First time, you know, not as so much to those two fights. Then we have a bantamweight fight, Kyung Ho Kang. He's been around for quite some time. He's fighting Dana Bat-Jure. That's, I think that's how they. If I remember correctly, he uh, he just fought in March, so he's making a quick turnaround. Took this fight on short notice. Uh, next four fights will be on ESPN two, as well as ESPN plus. Welterweight fight Andre Fialo against Jake Matthews. Then you have a featherweight fight uh, Mahashate. Is making his UFC debut debut against Steve Garcia. Then you have another weight fight, uh, Siang Wu Choi, against Josh Kuliibal. Then you have the middleweight fight, Brandon Allen against Jacob Malcun. <clears throat> <coughs> Then the main card, yeah, kicks off welterweight fight. Jack Della-Madalena, you know, a guy who has a lot of lot of hype and is a very exciting fighter against Ramazan Amiv. Uh Then you have the flyweight fight. Roger bonturin against Manel Cop. Then you got your top three fights. Uh, Whaley against Johanna, Then Shevchenko and Santos for the women's flyweight title. And Glover and Yuri for the light heavyweight title. What does your gut say this show does? Like 250? Yeah, 200, 250, somewhere around there. I think, I think, uh, I think and Joanna will be the big key. You know how? how people- That's what I think too. Yeah.
2: To share is like you know, I mean, he's been around for a while, but he's not like a huge draw. Valentina, we know, isn't a draw, but yeah, the way I think the hype around and Joanna is going to be what what kind of drives this, and then hopefully, hopefully, one of these other guys on the main card, uh, you know, Manel Cop or Jack Dela. Della Maddalena, I'm looking at you two, uh, has an impressive performance and uh, you know be- becomes a star out of it because we'll get, to get a few eyeballs on this one. And of course, this is the show that was supposed to have uh, Whitaker and Vittoria originally, right? But got, right, yeah. got pulled off and, and Blood Diamond as well was supposed to fight on this show. Um, but yeah, that is uh, that is Saturday night, UFC 275. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be watching. And uh, actually, it's so funny. I, it, this always seems to happen to me, but on pay-per-view weeks, I end up getting tapped to uh, to guest host on The rap. So I'm going to be, uh, I don't know if I'm going to watch the show as I'm doing that or if I'll just watch on delay. But if I'm uh, not tweeting about the show, that's why, because I'm recording the podcast for the on another show on this network, The Rap with Keela Cash and Scott young so um yeah so we've got uh um some news and uh just looking at at the news here um volkanovsky would be the uh the first one we we and you kind of touched on this earlier in the show that uh he's talking about perhaps moving up to lightweight if he gets past max holloway in july
3: yeah, I mean he's he's talked about it, talked about it. I mean the big thing that champions want to do, do these days is go for, go for two, go to become a two division champion. Connor started the trend, and then Cormier and Cejudo. Kept it going, kept it going. He's talked about it, but uh, but yeah, if he beats Holloway, he's got plenty of contenders. And then you still have the when it comes to one forty five, you still have the Henry Cejudo thing possibly dangling there, dangling there. There's plenty of stuff for volkanovsky at one forty five. We talked, you know, we talked about earlier about all the all the challengers waiting in the wings. Arnold Allen, Mavzari Voloyev, Bryce Mitchell, Ilya tapiria Then you have whoever wins between Yair and Brian Ortega. And whoever wins between Calvin Cater oh, and Kater, yeah. Josh Emmett. I mean, there's a ton of guys oh, there. God.
2: There's like I mean, you know, it's one thing if you've cleaned out the division, but yeah, I mean he's got like three years of fights. Though. Yeah, I mean um
3: yeah at least. Yeah, I mean he's he's strong, but but if you look at at his at, at him as champion, I mean he's he's only had three title defenses. I mean that's not that's not, you know, yeah. you know, that's not a lot it's not a lot. I mean it's 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 more than some people who've gone for double championships lately have been, but I fairly feel like they need to kind of slow that shit down. Shit down, you know, because yeah. there's just too much going on. Too much going on. And then you look at the title offences, it's been Hollow, Holloway, Ortega, Zombie, now Holloway again. Holloway again. It's you know, let's see him fight some fresh blood before we start figuring out one fifty five. Yeah, yeah. Winning two winning two championships you know, at the same time is, you know, an automatic spot in the UFC hall of fame, but let's, you know, there's, there's plenty to do. Um,
2: and, uh, one thing we haven't talked about yet is Ryan Hall. One of my favorites, the wizard. Um, he is, uh, t- got a torn ACL during training and he's a guy that doesn't fight too much anyways. And he was supposed to be fighting in a couple months. And now, I mean, that's usually at least a year, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he was, uh, I don't know who he was fighting, but he was going to be on the August 13th, 13th card he had a, had a fight lined up. And just as he was starting his training camp, he tore his ACL. So, yeah, that's about a year. So, it'll probably be summertime next year before he's back, you know. And like you said, like we said, he's a guy who doesn't fight all that much to begin with because he, even though Superior finished him, he's still a guy that nobody wants to fight because of his style. So... So, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, and
2: we've got uh, a big Canada Day fight happening uh, July 1st, uh, just uh, four weeks from now. Um, I guess or three, it three weeks. Yeah, three weeks from this week. Um, Julia Budd, Canada's own, taking on Kayla Harrison in the main event of PFL 6. Um, it's uh, You've got in your column here that it felt like the hopes were these two could meet in the finals. It could still happen the way their point system works because – I think, did, didn't did Bud get a finish
3: No, in her first fight? No, Bud no? lost her okay. first fight to Jenna Fabian, Oh, but was given three points oh, okay. because Jenna Fabian missed weight. So oh. she okay. has the same amount of points as Kayla Harrison, who won her first fight. Okay. It's, so they can't. They can't. <laughs> their system is so stupid.
2: Well, oh, it's, I mean, I still go back to, I'm, I'm, and again, I, I, I don't care enough to go back and read. I'm almost positive the guy that lost, that won the tournament at welterweight last year was actually eliminated in the first round and so. somehow came back and won the whole tournament. Yeah. Uh, Ray Cooper, the third. Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems to me like he, he, it's ridiculous. Yeah.
3: I, I, I get the whole idea of wanting to, to like, if it's two fighters and one of them misses weight, weight, given the person who made weight, like a point maybe. Yeah. But you shouldn't give them the same amount of points as, as, as somebody who wins by decision. Because look what happened. Julia Budd she lost her fight, but she has the same amount amount of points as two other girls who won who won by the decision. So it just doesn't make sense. And then why are they like? I mean, this is your
2: marquee. I mean, theoretically, this is your marquee matchup for the for the finals. Like, why wouldn't you do? And it, I think they're going on pay per view. So why wouldn't they like? Do they? Did they have to make this fight? <laughs> like, you know, did they? They have like some sort of algorithm that? Oh my God, too bad. Oh, I guess we got to do Julia Budd and Kayla Harrison. I wanted to do it in the finals, but it's got to be here. You know, I don't. I. It doesn't make any sense. But yeah, kind of. Um. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and like you said, it is the toughest uh, fight that Kayla Harrison's had at, uh, to this point, and I mean, it's not a gimme. Um, she, she had, she was competitive with Cyborg, uh, Julia Budd. So, um, you know, and she's a big, big time vet. I think at one point, I think other than this last loss, the only people she'd ever lost to were Ronda Rousey, Cyborg and, uh, Amanda Nunez, I think. Um. So this is uh. Yeah. This is a, a big big fight on July first, and I'll be watching. Um. And yeah. And you, we talked about bone nickel. Um. Any other news that
3: you wanted to highlight that's not in your column? Uh. Yeah. It was a quiet week, which is always kind of good. Good. And there wasn't much right. going on, going on. I can't really think of think of anything. Nobody. Nobody did anything stupid this week colby colby covington still in hiding uh you know so just yeah
2: so um page van Zandt fought uh on uh in, on, in aw i guess that was more than a week ago now um i was looking at a list of um the top uh, i think it was the top 50 google trend uh in wrestling and uh, the top two in AEW, the only two that made the top 50, one of them was Paul White, and the other one was Paige Van Zandt. <laughs> and uh, I think there were like 10 active WWE people in there, and then the rest were all like inactive, you know, like Rock and, you know, Hulk Hogan and stuff like that, Steve Austin. But I just thought that was interesting that Paige Van Zandt is like the most real-life star in AEW, actually, so... Um. All right, and we got uh, some fight announcements. Um. And, and we, we talked about Kayla Harrison and Julia Budd. Uh. Any other ones here you want to highlight? Uh, there's a few interesting ones I can see.
3: Yeah, I have listed here for UFC 276 Ian Gary against Gabe Green. That fight might not actually be happening at least on that date, so that remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, that feels like a London sh- London card show. Yeah. No, I would or a fight. But... I could see you wanting to do well. Ian Gary lives in Florida now. So I mean, he's Irish. Oh, okay. okay. Irish, so not so. Yeah, London's not necessarily that. That, but uh, but yeah, but uh, that fight is going to happen, but maybe not necessarily UFC 276. But a fight that's going to happen on July 16th on the Long Island show show that's going to be fun is Shane Burgos against Charles Durdain. Uh, that should be. Ah. <laughs> I wanted but, that one in France. Yeah, yeah but uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe Jordan will still fight in France, in Paris. In Paris, who knows? Yeah, he could win, and yeah, or lose. What else we make have. a quick turnaround. Uh, uh, then you have uh, another one I'll highlight is uh, August thirteenth, big big uh, women's flyweight fight, Vivian Araju against Alexa Grasso. Uh, you know, if Grasso can win that, she puts herself in the uh, title picture. Uh, we talked about Whitaker and Vittori already not much you know a lot of a lot of lower lower card fights you know that were really announced over the week over the week nothing major
2: leah letson and chelsea chandler is that bantamweight or Featherweight? Uh, it's bantamweight for as far as i know oh, okay because Le- letson was one of the people that was on the featherweight show right yeah I think. Yeah. Oh, and Vince from Help a Shell fighting uh one of my favorites, Jesse Ronson. Yeah. That's ways away though, October first. Yeah, October
3: first, yeah. We're already, already getting fighting ounces for October, so so you know, expect That's crazy. Expect a whole lot of whole lot of things being booked being booked, but we got a lot of shows coming um, up for the rest of the year.
2: Yeah, no no kidding. Um, all right. And then this week, uh, we mentioned uh the Road C F C events. Not not as much as usual this week. Uh we just have two other ones other than those those uh Road GFC events. We got a Cage Warrior show from the US. Um, so it'll be uh Uh, Saturday night because it's or sorry Friday night from San Diego at 830 uh, Eastern on UFC Fight Pass and of course at the same time we've got an LFA show from Texas also airing on uh, UFC Fight Pass so get some future UFC stars in there so that's uh, just about going to wrap it up Um, I don't know if uh, there's anything else you want to uh,
3: talk about before we, uh, we we put a wrap on this one no but it's been a quiet week I will say that I think uh Today, June, June 6th, you know, if you're, you know, a big, uh, MMA fan, fan, it's, uh, it's been, uh, six years now since the passing of Kimbo Slice. So just, uh, oh. yeah. So it's, uh, Kimbo it's, died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh,
2: I still remember, uh, covering that, his last fight and, uh, I, uh, you know, against, um, who the hell was it? Um, they, they, Where they both like. Dada 5000. Maybe, maybe died during the fight. Dada, Dada 5000. Yeah. I was covering yeah. covering that for the Wrestling Observer. And that, I mean, anytime anybody tells you that a fight was bad, I mean, there's there's two different kinds of bad. There's a bad like we had in the, um, you know, a couple weeks ago there with um, in the uh, Starway title fight with Esparza and uh, Rose. That's one kind of bad. Then you've got a whole other level of bad with, the, you know, Kimbo and Dada 5000 where two guys are, you know, they're gassed, you know, 30 seconds into the fight. But it went 15 minutes, I think. I think I just, did somebody get a shot? I don't remember. But I where you had guys in mount and and John McCarthy was threatening to stand them up because I think they were falling asleep. Um, I think Dada 5000's heart stopped at one point during the fight. Um, you know, and of course Kimbo died not that long after. Um, just just a I, I fight that never should have been sanctioned. And uh, but Kimbo was a big big deal for a few years. Drew a lot of money in MMA. I mean, really. Um, at one point, maybe like one of the top five draws in UFC, would you or in MMA, would you say? Like, and it's certainly in terms of TV. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, he you was a, he was a huge deal. I mean, he. You know, we talked about it last week because last week was the anniversary of the of the first ever primetime MMA oh, show right. on right, CBS, yeah. and With it was Kimbo, stuff. and it was Kimbo, and Kimbo was the big re- big reason, and he was a huge deal. He was on ESPN, ESPN a whole lot whole lot and just you know big on youtube and and yeah he was a big deal and and just i've also just <laughs> absolutely the nicest most sweetest dude in the world just like like you, you really you would you would look at him and you'd think he was just this intimidating guy but he was basically like a huggy bear just just an incredibly nice and sweet dude the um the last
2: time maybe that um that you have, that tough. The ultimate fighter was you know somewhat relevant was the year he was on i think season 10 and yeah. they did 6.1 million viewers for the fight with uh, him and roy nelson yeah. for a pretty, taped pretty fight big. on the ultimate fighter i mean imagine that that's like i mean literally six times the audience they're doing for you know a primetime mma show now with you know big deals and this is 2009 so um that's how big and that's all kimbo I mean, Brock Lesnar was a coach, and that helped. But
3: well, that um, was you know that, that was, was rampage. Came... That was rampage and Rashad coaching.
2: Oh, was it? Oh, okay, okay. So it was the next year. When was it the next year? I don't know. I don't remember. But um, the other one was um, the, he was uh, he did a pay per view with um, I think with Matt Mitrione, and that did that did uh you know pretty big numbers and he was probably the main reason that that show did uh decent pay-per-view number i think it was like five hundred thousand buys for uh whatever he was they were like on the main card am i
3: am i remembering that right yeah it was a show that's just completely off the top of my head yeah it was a shogun Machida uh rematch and so that was already a big fight too so yeah
2: and they they he they got lucky because he also had that uh Horrible fight with Houston Alexander, which basically bought him a second pay per view fight. <laughs> um, where it was, you know, kind of a version of the um, the, you know, the uh, this the fight we just saw a couple of weeks ago with uh Shogun and um, who the hell was it? Over it it's just that bad, bad fight. Yeah, yeah. It was similar to that where they just kind of danced around for 15 minutes and uh, and they ended up getting a second pay-per-view fight out of Kimbo before they cut bait with him. But, yeah, yeah, some fun memories there. And, uh, yeah, the dearly departed Kimbo. And uh, I don't know what's going on with his son. I know he was fighting in Bellator for a while, but he lost a couple times and we haven't seen him in a couple of years. Uh, Kevin Ferguson, Jr. But yeah, uh I don't know. Either. He's getting a yeah, but uh, that'll wrap it up. So uh, you can check out Ryan's uh, coverage of this past week's show on on the coming Observer that'll come out this uh, Friday morning, and uh, of course you can check out his coverage of USC two seventy five on the Wrestling Observer website and also on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I'm usually for pay per views. I'm trying to tweet as well, so yeah, I'll be probably a little more active on Twitter this week than. <laughs> excuse me than i usually am so as we always say if you want to interact with us just be respectful and and we'll talk back to you and if you're an asshole we'll probably block you so uh for ryan i'm paul and ryan why don't you
3: take us home like you always do hope everybody enjoyed the show have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend
2: later